0: Hello and welcome to the Essential Empowerment Podcast. My name is Amelia Adrian. Together in this space, we'll listen and learn about the ability of essential oils to heal and transform our lives. This is a place for us to diffuse wisdom, to share our understandings and to grow our appreciation for the power of plant medicine with essential oils. And I'm so glad you're here. welcome back to the podcast I am really thrilled to introduce you to our special guest who is a dear sweet soul sister of mine we met about I want to say four years Anya's holding up three fingers to me. Okay, we met about three years ago at a business kind of group, a women's business group. And I was lucky enough to sit next to Anya when we had lunch and I could feel this kind of beautiful, radiant spirit and energy coming from her as I sat next to her. I thought, Ooh, she's she's interesting. <laughs> I'd like to know more. And we got to know each other much better our paths have overlapped over the last three years so Anya has Reiki she is a Reiki master she came to Reiki in I want to say 2010 but I think 2010 was probably the start of your journey when your husband Anya became ill seriously ill and after he made a full recovery you deepened your holistic approach to life and to study and went on with to study with several acclaimed Reiki masters. So you now, um, in 2012, qualified as a Reiki practitioner and have a very thriving and busy clinic. You treat all ages from adults, children, babies with colic, teenagers, with exam stress and anxiety, all through to women with menopausal issues, those at the end of life. And you've also layered in other aspects to your, your healing practice with I'm studying emotional freedom technique, the tapping technique, and adding um, this kind of really popular method, let's say, of acupressure. adds kind of another dimension to the therapy that you're able to offer. And I think also what is worth really emphasising is your uh, degree of intuition when working with a client as well. There's definitely a sense that you are leaning into your intuitive power when you work with people and drawing on that as a practice. So we have Anya David, also known as East Dulwich Reiki at the moment here with us. She is an accredited EFT coach, Yusui Reiki master teacher, trains in both the Western and the Japanese lineages. She's a member of the EFT International, the UK Reiki Federation and the CNHC, which stands for Complementary Natural Healthcare Council. And you're welcome. Oh, I don't know what
1: to say after that. That sounds wonderful. Who's she?
0: Oh, you know, sometimes it's interesting to hear our journey reflected back to us, isn't it? Because we're so in the moment of wherever we are and we've got all of our life stuff going on. You know, I know you have three kids and making and caring for them, which is very kind of roots us in the here and now and sometimes in the domesticity of life. And we kind of when we have our our other kind of journey reflected back to us, it's like, oh, I've, I've done quite a lot. I've been through quite a lot. So what I'd really love for you to share, if you feel to, is your, what brought you to this way of life? Because I know before, previously you had other, you, you weren't in the healing arts, you had other careers. Yeah, I know you worked in an art gallery and you had other, you know, a whole other life before you stepped into this into this world of healing. So what what brought you here?
1: I think there's always been a sense of the holistic, <clears throat> so, through my 20s and my early 30s, I, you're right, I had lovely jobs, I was an air hostess, I sold caviar, I worked in a really brilliant restaurant, sold caviar to Princess Diana and all the sort of wow. you know the London specialties, I had a lovely time, I had some lovely jobs, it was always with a slight creative flair, I was working in the art gallery for seven years and I met my husband there. Mm but there'd always been something sort of woven through that was holistic so i've always loved having essential oils you know i don't think i've ever not had a bottle of lavender in my life from you know when i can remember i've always loved yoga um you know i've always sort of turned to a natural solution rather than a sort of more western chemical medical solution wherever possible so there's always been a leaning a kind of a hankering um but you know, it, it was work, it was making money, it was it was living in London and it was, yeah, it was having a great time, but it it did turn. My husband has had a couple of illnesses, but the, the one that was um that you mentioned, mm. the kids were little. We only had two girls then. They were two and three years old, I think. And he just suddenly got really ill out of nowhere. He it was like COVID, actually, it was really similar. It was a really strong lung infection. And he literally went from A to Z in about 24 hours. At one point, I didn't realize at the time, and I think it's probably good that I didn't realize because I was just sort of in coping mechanism, but his, his, all his organs were failing. He was the sickest person in Kings. Gosh. He was in a coma. They put him in a coma to give his body a rest. So it was an induced coma yes. and he was on an oscillating ventilator, which was terrifying because it keeps the body shaking to keep it, to keep it moving. It was horrific um, but he he made a full recovery um, he's mm. very lucky he's very very lucky we're all very lucky but that took a lot out of me you know I it's I think it's that thing you're sort of you're coping on your adrenaline for a long time especially with two little children and his recovery took a long time that was the painful bit you know he came home and I didn't have this lovely fit strong guy I had mm. this weak ill ill man upstairs (laughs) that I had to care for and I hit rock bottom Mm. it was really difficult so that kind of was what propelled me to Reiki a few people had told me about Reiki and I thought well that's a bit bonkers palm healing my gosh you know I really wanted to study homeopathy but that was like a big big money event three-year course or something it just was not accessible to me then at all in any way and Reiki one was a weekend course Mm. so I had a Reiki session locally and I just found it wonderful deeply relaxing I don't know how much I got from it I don't know if I had a massive change I think I probably walked out thinking I can do that
0: yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah, I can do that
0: thing about Reiki because it (laughs) is accessible to all of us
1: And I didn't have the the financial ability to go and have regular treatments then, so yeah, if I can go and learn it for however much it is for a weekend, I've got a skill for life, and who knows? So it was really it's really basic, and that's the nice thing about when you you gave that introduction. You that's the sort of the accumulation of the sort of the sum right now of everything that's been achieved for me, but it all just happens so slowly so gradually you don't really notice it it's like drops filling a big bowl it's like a drop of water each six months you know and it's a lovely reminder of how our life can be you know if someone had said back then you're going to be that in 10 years I would have laughed my head off and and probably never even started because I wouldn't have believed it was possible and it sounds like too much.
0: But Definitely. when you just do
1: drop by drop, step by step every day, it's amazing where you end up saving, isn't it? It's like saving your pennies.
0: Yes. Sometimes I think if we knew where we would be, we would never take the first no. Now We would never have taken that first step, no. partly out of fear, partly out of, like you'd say, disbelief. Mm. Um, that's so interesting. So if you were to um, explain to somebody who has heard about Reiki, but is not quite sure what it is and like maybe your first initial kind of f- feeling about it like what is that like healing hands palms what mm. what even is reiki what how do you describe it i've heard it described in so many different ways
1: <laughs> it is very difficult to yeah. describe um, I think you talk about it in different ways to different people. And that's where my intuition would kick in. You know, Mm -hmm. there are certain people who are really on their spiritual path and you can you can really kind of get into the the ins and outs of it. There are other people who turn up for a treatment and they don't know why they're there. They just are or their wife got them a gift voucher because the wife wants them to receive some healing and chill out, (laughs) probably. And then I keep it very, very simple because I think the whole thing about Reiki is it's how the individual feels and how they receive it. And it's so unique every time. You would be doing it a disservice to be too rigid with with your description. I mean, basically when I give someone Reiki, when they're receiving, they just lie down on a, you know, like a massage couch. I make them really comfortable with pillows, bolster under their knee, always covering over with a light blanket so you're kind of safe and secure and tucked up. And then I just work from the head down to the toes and it's still hand positions resting on the body or off a few inches off. And that depends, you'd always want to know if someone wants to be touched or not. I think 99% of people do want the hands on the body. Because you feel the warmth more and it's just it's that sort of massage connection. I mean you don't massage, it's just very still hands. Um but if you're holding your hands off the body, you're working a little bit more in their aura, in their energy field, and that's appropriate sometimes if I feel there's kind of something that needs to be serviced in that way, they're gonna feel really relaxed after after you've treated the head which is about sort of three positions you know the back of the head the eyes the the ears and so on they're so relaxed they're in a real sort of it's not sleeping but it's a very what do you call it the alpha beta state when you're meditating I don't I don't know what that is but they definitely dropped into that Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you really have to do something to get them to move, to wake them up. You know, I ding my bells at the end, my little ting bells, and that's a lovely way just to come back to the room. So it's like a yoga nidra. It's like a deep relaxation at the end of yoga. You, you, you don't want to move. They tell you it's time to go, and you're like, oh, no. They don't yeah. even want to wriggle my toe. It's too hard. Yeah. Um, so they will feel heat. Usually my hands feel hot. But all sorts of things can happen. Lots of people really feel energy moving around. So you'll you'll feel like something's moving, but you're actually lying still. Um, raking moves, blockages. It's it's described as very gentle. It's wonderful for people that don't want to be kind of messed around with, so there's no needles, you're not massaging, so someone who's, you know, poorly or going through chemo, who who feels nauseous, any sensitivity, it's the most gentle thing that you can offer. Yes. 100%, and I love that about it, that it is so gentle and yet so potentially powerful. You know, you, you'll have a client who comes and you won't see them again, and they won't particularly say much at the end of the session, but you'll hear six months later that something absolutely huge has shifted in their life. And you just quietly smile, even though there's a part of the you that wants to go and stand on the rooftop and say, that was Reiki. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've heard it. I've heard it's so nice to hear you talk on it. I've heard it described, or I might have even, landed on this description (laughs) sometimes i'm never sure where the words have come from as the like the energy like it's a so it's a healing energy reiki would be considered a healing energy that is is kind of moves from above and moves through you and as you say can create some warmth and some heat in the hands i've heard it described as like the energy equivalent to the energy that makes the grass grow So it's, it's that kind of life force, tapping into that life force energy that we all have access to. But when you've had a Reiki attunement, your access might be a little cleaner or a little clearer.
1: There's a few really good points there. Make sure we cover both of them. The first thing is, yes, it's universal energy. There's lots of different terms you can use. It's called Chi, Reiki. I think loosely translates as universal energy. So it's energy from above, it's energy from source. So it's not my energy. And that's one thing that makes Reiki very different to spiritual healing. I don't get asked that question anymore, but there was a phase where I had lots of people asking me, what's the difference between Reiki and spiritual healing? Spiritual healing is another thing completely. It's, it, I don't even really want to get into it. I don't particularly understand it that well, but it's spiritual healing is more connecting to sort of angels, the person's guides, sort of veers into psychic and mediumship, which is also wonderful. Mm. But Reiki is like a pure connection. It's just literally you have it or you don't have it, you're attuned or you're not, and you access an absolute pure channel to the highest available universal energy And that comes through your palms. It can also come through your eyes. When you're attuned, I think Reiki two level more, you can be treating someone and you can go into a soft gaze and sort of maybe stare at their navel while you're treating their head. And you can actually beam Reiki with your eyes as well, but it's palms and hands.
0: Oh, wow. I've never heard that about the eyes. That's Yeah, Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm. And just to loop it back just for a thread for for people who like to kind of find that starting point, although, of course, nothing ever starts and nothing ever ends. It's always starting and ending. The Reiki, as we have it in the West today, is is located back through six or seven is it, generations to Mikao Usui, who um, who had an experience where he in very simple terms we can say he received or he became enlightened and through this he felt the the healing energy that he was able to 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 contain and pass through his body his hands and through that lineage he passed through to what we now know as reiki
1: exactly yeah Yeah, exactly he was when was it it was in the sort of the early 1900s I think if to forgive me because my memory for facts I'm so intuitive my actual sharp memory for facts and figures is just dwindling
0: (laughs) I'm like I get the feel don't ask me the date I could give you the date when I was studying history in the 1990s but don't
1: ask me the date now right so he he had his life's journey and I think there were many ups and downs for him um after sort of some buddhist study and, and being in several monasteries in japan he he received enlightenment it set up a mountain i can't even remember the name of the mountain i'm so sorry
0: no we don't need that information it's just to locate it i think for some people who are newer to it it's just helpful to understand yeah. that thread and that lineage yeah
1: and, and yeah. he received the system of reiki he received the information of what the symbols are hmm Uh, He didn't really quite know what it all was, but he had his 21 days of meditation on the mountain, which must've been really difficult. And towards the end of it, he had this kind of state of white light, um, sort of elevating his consciousness. He was receiving the information and he kind of stumbled down the mountain. He knew something had happened and he was, was sort of trying to get home. I don't think he was probably very with it. And he fell over and cut his foot. So he sat down as we all do when we cut off and he just put his hands to his foot and it healed really quickly sort of in a superpower way and he obviously realized that something has happened so as he got home he i don't know how long it took but he integrated the information realized what what was going on um and set up a you know a clinic and started training people and he devised the whole system of reiki and that goes back to the point of you have it or you don't, I actually believe we do have an access to something Mm -hmm. and there is something that was going on with our connection to energy, all humans, Mm. much, much, much before this, you know, the, the, the healing hands is something that's spoken about. There's, You know, people that go and train for massage and people who are working with them say, oh, my God, your hands are so warm. You have healing hands. Mm -hmm. And they won't have been attuned to Reiki Mm -hmm. more often than not. And I can understand that when my husband was ill back to that time and he was all wired up in Kings, I tell this story quite a lot I couldn't get to him because his whole kind of top half was all you know wired up and it was a bit scary so I held his feet and I was literally there for 15 minutes I had two kids to rush back to so it was not romantic in any way it was horrendous actually I was just holding his little feet my little my little hands you know on the on the soles of his feet at the end of the bed and I literally at one, one time I can remember, I just felt something huge going on. I saw flashing lights. I felt a tingling feeling. I was very connected to him. I mean, he was in a coma. He didn't respond. It's not like I, you know, nothing godly (laughs) happened, but there was something really going on. And that's the point where I thought this Reiki thing that people are talking about, something Mm -hmm. happened there and I need to investigate. So I had that, connection to something before I was attuned yes so I think what he's done is he has systemized it he's got a way of teaching it and it's a beautiful lineage you know you and I both Reiki attuned Mm. and isn't it wonderful that I think on my lineage there's just like seven people between me and Mikau Yusui Mm. so ancient but tracing back such a short ladder of connection is I mean that that gives me goosebumps when I say it
0: yes it's very useful to to have that mm. to have that knowledge
1: It makes it really special
0: it does so what would you say to somebody who keeps hearing about Reiki because sometimes there can be like a so maybe if it help, helps if I share my, my experience with it, my experience is, well, I just kept hearing people talk about it. And then I had a friend who was Reiki 2. And so she sent me and we'll talk about Reiki 2 in a moment and, and sending Reiki. So she sent me a couple of healing um sessions when I needed it and suddenly there was just a sense that I had to do it there was just and kind of certain synchronicities came in in place where I met somebody who could put me in touch with somebody who could attune me and it was kind of undeniable Um, I'm wondering if if that's if that's how you have heard other people talk about their, their kind of connection to Reiki. So so maybe for somebody listening and they, they keep hearing it and they're not sure what to do next or how to go about it. Or what do you come across that kind of journey to it quite often?
1: Yeah, that, I think that is the, the main journey to it. You know, we're, we're wandering around, we're going through life. Often we hit a sort of a stumble, a tricky patch and you just hear about Reiki. Uh, you sometimes don't even remember where you heard about reiki i was watching the affair on now tv last night the mum of the woman is a reiki master there you go you know it's just it's everywhere but it's very low level so i think you know when it calls you it can just be really simple you know you just you just hear about someone else having a reiki treatment and they say oh it was great or whatever you should try this Often if you're having a difficult time, someone gives you a gift voucher for a health clinic and mm-hmm. there'll be usually a Reiki practitioner at most health clinics now, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, or, yeah, I don't know, it just sort of drops into your subconscious like most things. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't wait for three knocks. <laughs> you know, when they say you're supposed to do something <laughs> if you see it three times, it's never going to be bad. Reiki's never going to be bad. <laughs> it's never, never never known it to be to be someone regretting having a Reiki session and I've never known anyone regret learning Reiki one or Reiki two it's it's just just like a simple nudge from the universe go get your healing
0: yes it's a very it's a very safe container Reiki Mm. so we have Reiki one which my understanding of it and you can speak to this a little bit more is it's a it's a self treatment process largely you can treat friends and family as well close ones um but reiki one is really about your own your own self-care your own nurture your own healing reiki two is more about being able to which with reiki two you're the way that i was taught it I, that was when i was given this the kind of the symbols and you're able then to treat others and you're also able to send reiki so distance reiki mm. distance reiki is is something that I think doesn't require too much overthinking, because if you try and work it out, you'll bend your mind in a loop and you'll, your inner critic or a critic will start to kind of pop up and be like, well, how could that possibly be? But I have so many countless experiences of distance healing, both for myself and ones I've sent and received, so sent and received. So it's a very, I think Reiki too and distance healing is a very useful tool maybe even more so now, I experienced real profound healing when I had COVID. It was actually the only way that I could receive, because I was isolating virtually, it was the only way I could receive uh, healing from another another in some ways. And also sending to people who are in hospital who maybe you can't visit, or you can't visit all of the time. It's, It's a very profound way of reaching somebody.
1: Yeah, it's really exciting, mm. exciting. I mean so yes, Reiki one is like the opening of the door. Mm. <clears throat> it's very simple, it's learning with the first attunement, it's, it's receiving the energy, it's receiving the connection and it's learning how to play with it. So I go, you know, it's a bit like sort of the, the Star Wars, you know, feeling the force and there's lots of exercises you can do in groups when you're doing a training course to kind of literally feel the energy in your palms and feel the energy of giving it to someone feeling it's your I suppose I mean I forget because I've done it for so long but I suppose it's that thing of you know really I've really got energy now what you just did something you did a ceremony and they've all got their eyes closed when they're receiving their attunements so you, you don't know what's happening it's sometimes nothing sometimes purple lights are going off and you know, it's again so different for different people but it's universally it's that sort of feeling of there's really something different about me now and so Reiki One is just about making friends with that and absorbing it and learning how to do your self-treatment mm-hmm. which is often forgotten about. Mm-hmm. You know, I have lots of people that come for sessions and they say, oh yeah, I'm Reiki too. What are you doing here? You don't need to come here. You can do it. <laughs> and they forget mm. that they can. And I think the thing is perhaps when you do your self-treatment, it's not quite the same as when someone is treating you. Receiving mm-hmm. the energy does feel different to giving yourself the energy. But it's like anything. It's a practice. And the more you do it, the more you you kind of connect and know what to expect. You do learn how to do a treatment on other people. In in my Reiki One course, in most Reiki One courses, you will learn the hand positions to give someone that you love a full Reiki treatment. And we practice that a lot. It's really important to build up your confidence. You know, it's it's one thing to kind of receive the attunement and play with it, but then to go home and you know give your mom or your sister or your, you know, your kids a treatment, you, you need to know what you're doing because you're entering into someone else's space. Mm-hmm. So even though you're not professionally uh, certified to do it, there does, you do need to know how to do it and how to be safe and respectful of someone else's space. So that a lot of energy is put into that so that you learn how to give someone a really nice, relaxing experience mm. of Reiki. And then Reiki too is kind of amping up the power. When you receive the symbols, of which there are three Uh, that you receive in Reiki 2. You get to kind of fine tune what you're doing and how you're using the energy. They're like sort of portals for power and harmony and and just how to to work with the energy. Uh, I do believe you you are able to receive more energy through your channels when you have studied Reiki 2. It, it does enable you to, to channel more energy. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, that was my and then Yeah, it, you need time between the two. Yeah. It's really nice to sort of take at least three months between the two, the two courses because you, you need to get used to the new shifts in your energy. Reiki, I remember when I started it, it was all about... Getting it going for other people and getting out there, and I really wanted to be a practitioner. Once I'd done Reiki one, I was chomping at the bit to do Reiki two. Uh, I found someone who would teach me. Uh, two months after, <laughs> so again, I'm such I'm fast tracking everything I do in life. It's just the way I the way I roll, yeah. um, and I was so excited to become a practitioner and I was I did I printed my cards and I you know I got a couch and I was just I was off advertising my my services but it takes you on an inner journey and that's going to happen whether you kind of know it or not it takes you on a, a path of it I think it kind of puts you on your high path mm. if that makes sense you just end up making very natural choices of taking care of yourself a little bit better your relationships grow you develop so it is a spiritual path reiki mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yes it shifts it shifts your alignment i think
1: doesn't mm. it? it keeps you aligned yeah it, it, yes. it just it straightens you up yes yes
0: mm. yes
1: what what would What's your
0: experience of using the oils in, a, in Reiki? Do you always use them for yourself or for your clients? Or is it a, a sometimes or a selected client that you would use oils for? And how does that, how do they overlap those two
1: disciplines? I've worked with the oils. I've, I have always had oils. Mm. I've worked with doTERRA for probably, it's probably coming up to three years now, but even pre that, mm. I always had some, I, I used to, I didn't know, used to have a little oil burner and put drops of oil in, so there was always rose in the treatment room, rose, lavender, orange. Um, I have learned to check with people prior to a session if they like essential oils, I, I have you know it's a busy clinic i see lots of people and there is a very very small probably like not even one percent like 0.3 percent who will walk into a treatment room and say oh i i don't like that smell or oh i have a chest condition and i i they're very they're just sensitive and they just mm-hmm. some people are allergic to oils you know they have a or they have a belief that they are they have mm-hmm. they have something in their sort of personal space of not liking oils mm-hmm. so I feel like I need to be mindful of that because I don't want to repel anyone because mm. the first thing that they're coming for is a Reiki session yes. they're not coming for oils so having said that I must admit I, I've i got a letter that goes out to everyone you know when I'm welcome when they've booked you know the welcome letter and I do say let me know if you don't like essential oils because I'm usually diffusing them So that's sort of a precursor for the fact that the diffuser will be on. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I also now, as you mentioned, I work with emotional freedom technique. Mm. So a lot of the sessions I do involve some tapping. Um, I've done informal study with Tiffany Carole, lots of the courses that she offers. So I'm using oils on acupoints. You know, there's many sessions start with. With something on Shenmen, Bergamot or Wild Orange. So the oils are just naturally there. It's really difficult to keep them quiet. <laughs> you know? I never go to work without my oils, they're always in my bag. Mm-hmm. And as I'm working with a client, you know, within the first five seconds of hello and introduction and what's your story, an oil is talking to me. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm not thinking. It just comes to me which oil they need to work with. Mm. Um, so I've got oils that I often take with me, knowing somehow that they're right to diffuse, or knowing that they're going to be needed that day.
0: Mm.
1: It's a lovely moment when I'm packing my Reiki bag, and I have that little kind of intuitive. Don't
0: forget your magnolia, oil. or don't forget your cedar yes. word or whatever. Petty grain. Is. Petty
1: yeah. grain, yeah.
0: Yeah. What I find, I, I, I've started treating, I haven't been treating very long with Reiki or Aroma point therapy, but what I do is I combine the two. And what I find with t- starting with a few poor oils on points to open up the session is that it, it just opens people to receive. It takes, yeah. it takes them into a, a real place of receiving. So it's almost yeah. like the Reiki can drop in faster, sooner, quicker, deeper.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it it prepares the light body. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And can you talk a little bit, just for
0: for curiosity's sake, for those of, of us that maybe are Reiki two attuned and thinking further ahead about Reiki three, is that something you can just touch on maybe, what that means, what that looks like? I'm sure it's different for everybody. But what's the what's the journey from Reiki two to Reiki three? Often
1: it's a longer gap. Mm. Often we finish our Reiki two, and we think, "Oh, I'm going to do Reiki three. I'm just going to do the Reiki master." And something will drop down to change that path. Not for everyone, but it it often there is a there's living that needs to happen between the two, the the two and the three. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes the intention to do Reiki master might drop because time and life gets in the way. So the drive, the will goes elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And that's perfectly fine because not everyone needs to be a Reiki master. I think if you are designed, in your life, if you're supposed to be a Reiki master and to take that that initiation, that that attunement, it will come for you. It will call you. You you mustn't feel like you should do it, because I think the the path of a Reiki master you you are living Reiki. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's very it's difficult to describe i, d- I don't know mm. how to to speak about it but it it just you're you're committing your life mm. to really mm. and in a really nice way again it's it's completely harmonious nothing has changed you know i, mm. I don't i haven't changed i'm just the best version of me and you 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 you're on your path
0: Yeah, this is what I witness in in my Reiki master and in you as well, and other people that I've come around who have Reiki three is that it becomes much more uh, a living. I mean, it is anyway, Reiki one and Reiki two, but it's Mm. much more embodied, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So interesting. (laughs) How can people work with you, whether it's as a client who wants to come and receive a healing treatment or whether it is to come and find an attunement with you a Reiki one attunement I know you also offer Reiki two attunements what are the what are the ways people can find you what do you have coming up
1: um well it's exciting because I am teaching uh, a Reiki one in September Mm. September the 24th and 25th -hmm. and that's going to be in Peckham at the yoga studio level six down on Rye Lane which is going to be lovely I'm just sort of finalizing all the details now but they've got yeah, like a really true. lovely mm. mm-hmm. so I love <laughs> that
0: studio <Yeah. laughs>
1: we all, we're all drawn to the same places aren't we oh, it's, really it's got a lovely energy and there's yes. plenty of room and it's a really intimate space mm. um so that's Reiki One so you can contact me. I'm just sort of finalizing all the details and that'll be on my website. There'll be a lovely early bird offer. I love offers. I love offers. <laughs> I'm such an offer person. I love, you know, buying things on an early bird. So I'll absolutely do a great offer.
0: Nice.
1: Um, and that'll follow on to Reiki two in January. So honoring the sort of the three month space. And again, there'll be a lovely deal for, for signing up for both. Cause I think, to be honest, most people that do Reiki one really want to do Reiki two. And that's something we didn't talk about the distant treatments. We Mm. didn't really go into much detail. I mean, it's so exciting.
0: Yes.
1: The symbols are are wonderful, but learning how to do a distant treatment just opens up everything. Being able to send Reiki and it's so empowering, you know, you can send Reiki to world problems. So when we're feeling powerless with Ukraine, Mm-hmm. And the really awful things that are going on, mm-hmm. you can sit and you can send Reiki. We mm-hmm. teach you you know how to do that in in a in a really real way. Mm-hmm. You can send Reiki to loved ones, yes, if you've got someone in hospital, you can send a Reiki treatment and Covid was really good for opening up the expansion of communication, so we all learned how to zoom and Reiki. Too, was always something i found really difficult i shied away from giving distant treatments i was actually pushed into it because um, a client moved to canada and she said oh i need to i need to still have reiki from you yeah so you had
0: a, a canadian client who still wanted to be treated by you and that kind of propelled you into offering distance reiki
1: yes reminded I- you it reminded me that I can do distant Reiki, so I sort of, you have to kind of think about how you're going to do it, and that all comes in the Reiki 2 course, because I've done it so much now, I can teach that really beautifully, I've got a lovely technique for sending distant Reiki that kind of um, makes it very simple, demystifies it, yeah. and we also practice it, so the the the, the courses that I teach I've done it from a point of view of how I would want to receive it so I know that question is distant Reiki really how does that work so we split into two different rooms and we've got one group sending and one group receiving and it's astonishing
0: yes so you have people actually experience that yeah um, in a very real practical way
1: yeah
0: I love your story as well you were sending distant reiki to one of your clients and you used sandalwood on your hands which i know is one of your favorite oils to work with sandalwood is the oil of kind of spiritual connection brings us into our divinity calms the busy thinking mind so it's very helpful for intuitive realms and you sent with the sandalwood on your hands a believe and your mm. client could smell the sandalwood without any mm. prompting from you yeah no, I
1: didn't say anything yeah, I, I didn't tell her I was doing it it was, it was more for my connection mm. to sort of get into the session sandalwood is it yeah it just it helps me sort of really settle down and come into myself and send really good Reiki so I was doing it you know here in my room and I checked in with her, we did a, a Zoom session and I just sort of woke her up at the end and sort of sounded my bells and we just checked in, how was it feeling? And she was describing how it was. And then she just said, oh, I, it's really weird. I don't have any oils here, but I just smelt sandalwood. Yeah, magic. And again, I think
0: it's best not to overthink those things. <laughs> just nice, like it. Except it's nice. it for the magical <laughs> universe that we live in, yeah, which Reiki is part of. I just, before we close, I just want to read back to you, your little um, description of Reiki that you sent to me before we came to our conversation, because it's so beautiful. And it might be nice also just for you to hear it, the words. So when asked about Reiki, you spoke about the permanence of Reiki, the small, quiet, private well deep within of pure spring water, pure essence that one can return to. It's like a lifetime admittance ticket to travel, to source energy, always open, no travel or parking, feels so safe and so secure. I love the words because it captures the spirit or the essence because there is something very poetic in an experience of Reiki, very profound, very deep, but also very, very full of artistry and poetry. And uh, you caught it, you caught it really, really well of those words. So people can find you, can work with you as East Dulwich Reiki. We'll put everything below the the podcast in the show notes and they can come for treatments one off. Or I know you also have like um, a group treatment, which sometimes so one after another, because sometimes Reiki can work very well as a cumulative process. And then also, um, they can come and get attuned
1: in September. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. Yeah, there's there's lots of ways. It's it's all on my website. Yeah, we've got the courses starting in September. You can come for a one to one. I work at Dulwich Therapy Rooms on Lordship Lane. Mm-hmm. You can have a Zoom session. Um, yeah,
0: beautiful beautiful thank you so much for being in conversation i could actually feel like we've been in reiki in our conversations so hopefully those people who are listening that you can hear and have a sense just from the words the way that we have uh, conversed you can even like drop in slightly to that energy and and start to feel it and experiencing it for yourself and thank you anya so much and we will see you all really really soon so much love